Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves. Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, and your best friend. Super happy to be here. It's December. We did it. We made it through November, which was National Podcast Posting Month. We posted a new podcast every single day. They're all about a minute long. They're gone now. I took them off the internet. Uh, They will be mixed into a single file and put back on again. So you don't have to listen to it 30 times. You can do it one one time through when I get around to it. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for being part of that. We had some great calls from uh, listeners, and we appreciate you calling in and being part of it because my voice gets old for me after a while. So a kind of fun December show for you. We're getting ready for our holiday season, which is fun. Today on the podcast, Tim Beat is back with a brand new essay for us. Tim Beat is our effing essayist, and we love him so much. Uh, my kids, Zoe and Sammy, are with me. We are going to do a little experiment with Tuno we're going to do a little taste test. We're going to try to find out, can we tell tuna, which is a plant-based tuna fish, from real tuna fish? We did a, a double-blind study, so it should be, this is good science in here at the Fish Nerds. Um, and we'll do the news. And also, Fish Guy Josh, who has been part of the show for a long time, we haven't heard from in over a year, is back with a new segment, a new old repeating segment called Fish Guy Follows, where he tells us the best people to follow on social media and uh and that'll be the whole show, and I thank you so much for being part of it. So let's get on with it. This episode of the Fish Nerds is brought to you by our friends at Spreadem. It's portable outrigger rigger for trolling for fish. The product Spreadem is a portable outrigger for trolling. It's a one-of-a-kind adjustable assistant for hooking up multiple lines to your boat without the hassle of crossing lines. Everyone that's used the prototype has loved it, and it's great for trolling fish it with any boat with your friends. More lines equals more fish. Now, our friend Michael Ouellette has put this together. There's a Kickstarter campaign happening right now. If you go to kickstarter.com and just search for Spreadem, S-P-R-E-A-D-E-M, you can check it out. Michael Ouellette's from Maine. He was on the show about a month ago, and they're trying to get this project off the ground, and it only has a couple days left, so make sure you get in there and give them anything you can. Help them out. That's Spreadem, the portable outrigging system for trolling on any boat. Okay. Hey, everyone. I love podcasts. Who's got recommendations and set? That was quick. Do you like comedy? What about movies? Pop culture? Um, yeah. Do you like animals? What about science? Well, yeah. Do you dig plants? What about writing, snacks, rambling, and rants? Well, I... Making improv and interviews, Canadians, Australians, boating forecasts and super reviews, ladies, gentlemen, cretins, or comic books, script reads, bad TV, heads that should, perfectly big packages popping up, podcasts pointing people to discover other podcasts. Yes. Fantastic. Check out the Podfix Network podfixnetwork.com at podfix on twitter official underscore podfix on the gram plus check out podfix presents wherever fine podcasts are found the podfix network artist owned and loved and let's jump in with an essay from our very great friend tim beat (laughs) 
At a circus, I once saw a chimpanzee on a tricycle. And on YouTube, I've seen a dog on a skateboard and a squirrel on water skis. But those pale in comparison to what I saw last weekend while fishing. It was a deer in a kayak. I often see deer when fishing on this particular river, and I see a lot of kayaks on the river too. But this was the first time I had ever seen them combined. As I looked upstream, I could see the kayak come round the bend. At that distance, everything looked pretty normal. Just another yakker coming to disrupt my fishing. It was a common occurrence, and the kayak didn't seem to be in a hurry as it slowly floated downstream. But as the kayak got closer, I noticed two things. First, the kayaker wasn't holding a paddle. Second, the kayaker had the skinniest arms I had ever seen. And as it got still closer, I thought, that guy has the largest ears I've ever seen. And as the kayak got even closer, I thought, that guy looks like an Odocolius virginianus, a white-tailed deer. I rubbed my eyes and looked again. I was fishing for catfish in a few of the deeper holes in the river and thought the new bait I was testing might be clouding my brain. The bait was a large container of catfish dip that should have included a gas mask with every container. The instructions even said not to let the dip come in contact with your skin. When I opened the container and looked inside, I knew immediately that putting my nose directly over the dip was a colossal mistake. It was like being punched in the face with an angry skunk that had just finished eating a dozen rotten eggs and rolling in cow manure. As a kid, I'd heard of a practical joke where you put dog poop in a paper bag, place it on someone's porch, light the bag on fire, ring the doorbell, and run. When the homeowner sees the burning bag and stomps out the flames, their shoe gets covered with dog poop. I'm not saying this is a classy practical joke to pull on someone, and I don't even know if anyone actually ever tried it. It might have been one of those tales told by kids who always credit the story to their out-of-town cousin's classmate's older brother or some other inaccessible person who can't corroborate the story. But after getting a strong right uppercut of catfish dip in both nostrils, I realized the practical joke would have been much more effective if the dog poop was replaced with catfish dip. The only problem would be that the homeowners would have to throw away their shoes and possibly tear down their porch to get rid of the smell. But back to the deer in the kayak. What had fooled me at first was that the deer was sitting upright in the kayak seat, like a person, with its hind legs in the kayak, its head held high in the air, and its front legs hanging in front of it. I knew it was hunting season, and often saw deer crossing the river and in the woods. As the kayak came close, I could also see that in the deer's lap, if deer have laps, was a bow. The deer was clearly dead, but its open eyes eerily stared straight ahead. This opportunity was too good to be true. No, I wasn't going to take the deer, but where there's a deer in a kayak, there's likely to be a frantic hunter upstream trying to catch up with it, and I was going to enjoy our conversation as much as possible. Knowing the river well, I could tell the kayak would beach itself around the next bend, so I let it continue on its way and listen for sounds coming downstream. It wasn't long before I could hear someone crashing through the shallows at the edge of the river. I would say the hunter was cursing like a sailor, but the cursing was much more like someone who had lost his kayak, deer, and bow. I just casually continued fishing. 
When he got close, he stopped, caught his breath, and asked, Did you see a kayak come by here? Yeah, I said casually. About a dozen kayaks have come by this morning. This one had a deer in it, he said expectantly. A deer, I said, scratching my head. Yeah, he said, a deer. What color was the kayak, I asked. What color was the kayak, he stammered. What difference does the color of the kayak make? It had a deer in it. Well, I said, quite a few kayaks have come down the river today, just trying to narrow it down. Did you know the deer? What do you mean, did I know the deer, he said, getting angry. I shot it. What did you shoot it with, I asked. A bow, he said, getting exasperated with me. But you don't have a bow, I said. His mouth opened and then closed for a second. The deer has the bow in the kayak, he said sheepishly. Well, why didn't you say that at the beginning, I said, as if we were getting somewhere. I did see a deer go by in a kayak with a bow, but I don't think it's the one you're looking for. What do you mean, he asked. Well, the deer that came by sitting in the kayak with a bow was dead, and I think it was a self-inflicted wound. Self-inflicted, he asked? Well, deer don't take hunting safety classes, and my guess is he didn't know how to handle the bow and shot himself, poor guy. I shot him. He didn't shoot himself, the hunter said defensively. Well, there's really no way to know for sure, since there weren't any witnesses. I was a witness. I shot it, he countered. It's just your word against the word of the dead deer, and I don't think that's going to hold up in a court of law. Where's my kayak now, he asked, and went around the bend. It probably beached itself there. Why didn't you stop it from going downstream, he asked in desperation. Well... First, I don't usually talk to kayakers who go past here, and I didn't want to get into some big conversation with a deer while I was fishing. And second, when the game warden showed up, I'm not sure he'd believe that I found the deer, dead, sitting in the kayak with a bow and me with no hunting license. Well, you do have a point there, he said. Yeah, I've watched enough episodes of Northwood's Law to know not to be caught with a dead deer in a kayak. What happened, I asked him. He shook his head. I used the kayak to get to that island upstream. That way I left no scent getting there. Within 15 minutes, I saw the deer and shot it. My plan was to put the deer in the kayak and float it down to the next bridge to take it out. I tried tying the deer to the kayak, but the deer kept falling over the edge, so I tied it into the seat. But while I was taking a leak, the kayak got away from me. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that story, I said, well, you better go get your kayak and deer and try to be more careful next time. I heard the phrase, try to be more careful next time, a lot growing up, and I found it coming out of my mouth without my knowledge. If I had been on the Titanic, I probably would have said it to the captain as the ship was sinking. Try to be more careful next time. I'd say seeing the deer in the kayak was even better than the squirrel on water skis. My only regret is that I forgot to tell the hunter that had left him a present in one of the dry storage compartments of his kayak. I knew he was having a bad day and wanted to cheer him up. Besides, I was done with using my catfish dip bait and thought he might like to try it. I sure hope he finds it before next summer. Thanks so much, Tim. That was fantastic. Can't wait till next month's essay. And let's jump in. Oh, before I do that, I want to talk about, too, the Fish Nerds Book Club. We're going to be doing, uh, coming back, Jeff Downson, our FN librarian, has picked December's book, Probably won't have the book club meeting until after Christmas. We haven't figured a date out yet for it, but it's The Feather Thief. Feather Thief. So if you're looking for a book to read this month, The Feather Thief is our effing book club book of the month for 
December. So make sure you check that out, and we'll have a discussion about it coming up later in the month. Also later in the month, probably the last week of the month, we are going to do our FN Tinned Fish Challenge. It's our yearly event where we eat tinned fishes and have a good time. And this year, I'm going to involve listeners. So look for our Facebook group for an event for that, where you can be part of the show that night, where we can all eat tinned fish together and have a very good time with it. And some will be great and some won't be. And that's part of the part of the action and fun of that. So stay tuned for that. Here is here is Tuno experiment with my kids, Zoe and Sammy. Putting music, Miss Zoe, on the board today. It's this one, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this There we go. Hit it. All right, fish nerds, it is the best day of your life because it's Tuno, Tuno tasting day here at the Fish Nerds Podcast. Gosh, a few months ago, we did a story on Tuno, which was, uh, is a plant-based, I'm going to read it about it. It's a plant-based product. This is from Atlantic Natural Foods. You'll find a generous selection of sustainable, non-GMO, meat alternative, gluten-free baking mixes, as well as ready-to-eat meals in a pouch. The latest edition, Tuno, was the first plant-based fish alternative. They're so proud to serve a roast grain beverage that's delicious too. It's an alternative to coffee, offering the. What? Isn't coffee already plant-based? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to taste plant-based tuna. We got three flavors. Our resident scientist Sammy is here with us. Sammy, can you tell us the flavors? Um, the three flavors are. We've got plain. We got plain, we have um, lemon pepper, and buffalo, buffalo sriracha. sriracha. Buffalo sriracha, yeah. So, going to be interesting to see how this turns out. And we're going to do, uh, Sammy is the only one who knows which is which. We've made a bunch of sandwiches. Sam's going to bring those in in a minute. Zoe and I are going to be blindfold tasting. Now, here's another kind of twist to this. Zoe, tell me about the last time you ate tuna fish sandwiches. Uh, I've never eaten a tuna fish sandwich. The only time I've ever eaten tuna is when I eat sushi. Yeah, so you've never had a tuna fish sandwich before. No, I have not. So Zoe is going in completely completely blind with having never even had uh, tuna fish before as a sandwich. So she will be giving a genuine taste. I happen to love tuna sandwiches, and so I'm going to be really biased Admit that right now. So, Sam, we're going to get our blindfolds on. Can you go get the first tuna? Thanks. Blindfolds on, Zoe. On it. All right. We won't be able to read any comments because we are going to be blindfolded here. Yeah. Official fish nerds blindfolds on our eyeballs. All right. Now, do, do I put my um, headphones, headphones back, back in? on? Let if me you find can. my headphones. Um. Microphone right here. All right, Sam, when you're ready, make sure Zoe's ready. Are you ready? No. And make sure you're talking into the microphone. Tuno taste test number one. Okay, now I'm ready. All right, Sam, don't tell us which is which. Bring them over here and put in our hands the very first taste. All right, and you can't tell us which is well, Zoe and I are going to try to guess which is tuno and, and which, which is, is tuna. tuna. This is the plain flavored one. I don't have it in my hand yet. There's my first one. All right, Zoe, you ready? I don't know where... There it is. All right, when you're ready, we're going to count down. Ready? Yep. Three, a big bite, too, by the way. Three... Two, and bite. Mmm. All right, that tastes almost like... What do you think it tastes like, Zoe? Uh, cat food and bread. It definitely and has mayonnaise. a little cat food mayo 
uh, flavor to it. Not terrible. A little skunky, almost in the smell. So, Sam, can you put these back on the plate, please? Isn't tuna fish just cat food? Tuna fish is not nature's cat food, Sam. No, but good, good try. Nature's cat. nature's cat food. All right, bring us the other one. And then we're going to guess which one's tuna or which one's tuna. Zoe, hands up. All right. You ready, Zoe? Yes. Okay. I know I'm making a mess here, too. On, on, on one. Three, two, and taste. Mmm. That one tastes good. I like this. This one has a lot of different texture. Very different flavor, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here you go, Sam. Put the plate out. We'll drop them on the plate. I don't know where the plate is. Oh, Sam will bring it to you. Wow. The plate's behind you. That one was delicious. Mm-hmm. That yes. one tastes like you expected to taste. That was good. All right, Zoe, which one do you think was tuna? The second one. Uh, uh, no, no, no. I don't think the second one. The first The first one was tuna. You think the first one was tuna, mm-hmm. and the second one was actual tuna fish? Yes, because the second one tasted more like a meat than meat. a... Um, yeah, one of them definitely had a taste of food, mm-hmm. and one did not taste yeah. like human food. No, um, so, yeah, that's our first guest. Sam, how are we doing so far? You guys were correct. All right. Hit I the- have somehow <laughs> gotten t- um, bread in my eye. You have your blindfold. <laughs> All right. How is that possible? All right. Sam, head on out and grab the next flavor, lemon pepper. Next flavor is lemon pepper tuna versus tuna. So are you still blindfolded? I am now. I am too. I am too. No, uh. I somehow got bread in my eyes. Yeah, I don't. Sam, I don't think that's possible. Go get that tuna. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and it can, you don't have to give them the same order. You can do any order you like. Okay. What if I give you guys different ones at different times? As long as you can keep track. That's fine. I don't feel so good already. <laughs> I just burped, and the smell that came out of my mouth is unlike... <laughs> it's so bad. I'm like, oh, too, no. <laughs> uh, Zoe! Oh, don't hit me. Hands up. Okay. All right, we got our first bite here. This is lemon peppered flavor, either tuna or tuna. You ready, Zoe? It smells like pepper. It does smell good. Three, you ready? Yes. Two, one, taste. That's a powerful... Lemony pepper taste on that one. I can't taste anything else. And that's all I can taste. Mm-hmm. And um, it's tasty. That one's good. Mm. Now, that one, actually, whether this is a tuna or a tuna, I'm going to eat this one again. I like it. I'm going to have one more bite. I'm not going to have another bite. Mm. Here you go, Sam. Yeah. a plate. Open the plate. That was super good. Wow. Is my water in front of me? I don't know. I don't know. Where's that's the, ne- the computer. Where's the next one, Sam? <laughs> Anything. Don't spill that water or I will spill you. Zoe, right. it's coming. Sam, help her with that water. All right. Now we're on taste number two of the lemon pepper. And you ready, Zoe? Yes. All right. On three. Well, on one. Three, two, one, bite. Mmm. Um, wow. That one has a lot less flavor, but it's still good. Yeah. Um. Wow, that one I can't swallow. So never mind. I I, mm. I take back. No, nope. not good. No, nope. no, no, no. Does it have a napkin? You gotta swallow it on napkins. Oh my god! Here, Sam, take this place. Oh god! <coughs> Ugh. Ugh. Whatever that one was, it wasn't food. My eyes are watering. Am I? <laughs> I might. Oh. Thank you. Oh my goodness! I didn't bring any palate cleanser because I'm going raw. All right, Sam, I have a guess on which is which. Zoe, do you have a guess? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what do you think? 
the second one was the tuna. Uh, that's my guess too. The oh, second oh. one did not taste like a food item that it, a human that should eat. That wasn't food. That wasn't food. Yeah. That was. Sorry, Zoe, but yours, the first one was tuna, and Dad's <laughs> the second one was tuna. So I was right. You were wrong. You like the gross stuff. Ugh. Oh. Well, it, it didn't taste like tuna at all. It, the second one tasted so bad. That, the well, second one was oh the gosh. tuna jelly. It still, it didn't taste good. That's really funny how we, how different our taste buds are. All right, the next one's going to be uh, buffalo sriracha. And this one's actually kind of tricky because the tuna with sriracha flavor, the tuna is buffalo because I could not find a sriracha tuna at the supermarket. So we had to kind of swap it out. These we have just sp- gotten a, a buffalo tuna. I couldn't find buffalo tuna, but I can tell you right now, I feel like puking. Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm going to be sick for the rest of the week. Yeah. You ready, Miss uh, Professor Sam? Almost. Dr. Sam. <laughs> Zoe, take yours. Charlie, so you just dropped on my leg. Try to get it in my hand, <laughs> Sam. Dropped on your leg. All right. And this is... It's cold. Th- yeah, this is buffalo, either buffalo or sriracha, tuna or tuna. We don't know which is which. So, ready, Zoe? Uh, no, not this really one's going to be spicy. Yeah, I don't okay. like spicy. Awesome. Ready? Three, two, bite. Here you go, Sam. That's horrible. This tastes like oh, evil. God. If hell was a flavor, I just ate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I just took a bite of Satan himself. It wasn't spicy, but... Mine's spicy. It wasn't tasty Mine's either. Mine's spicy. Mine's spicy. <laughs> all right, where's taste number two? That first one was not spicy at all. Okay. Where's my second one? Your second one's right here. Oh, mine's Thanks. spicy. I can't find the table. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm Are you ready, Zoe? I don't have my bread. Oh, Sam has to take care of you. There yeah, we go. Now I'm ready. My mouth is never going to heal. All right, let's do this. Three. You ready, Zoe? Three, two, and bite. There you go, Sam. Oh, that is delicious. Oh, I was good. Mmm. That is good. A little this spicy. That was super spicy. I like that. Mm. Mine's a lot less spicy. Wow. I like it much better. Okay. That's because I don't like spicy things. Right, can I guess which one you just had, Zoe? Uh, yeah. Sam, tell me if I'm right. I think Zoe's first one was the buffalo tuna, and this, her second one was the sriracha tuna. And for me, it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yep. I definitely can tell tuna from tuna. You can't. I can't. All right. Let's take these blindfolds off. Woo. Man. Okay, so taste test is completed. A little bit sweaty here on the eyes from the buffalo. It stinks in here, and I got I, I got tuna on my <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was not good. All right. So wow, that was nice. That was nice plant based tuna. That was so bad. Uh, coming out oh, of it, gosh. here's here's what I think, Zoe. I think I am not going to eat tuna ever again because oh, it tastes me like it's, it's like cat food. Talking to the microphone. But, it's like cat food. But, but I'm also going to say you seem to like the tuna more than the yeah, tuna. Yeah, the second one, Zoe liked it better. Yeah. I didn't. The, well, I liked the second one better because the first one punched me. <laughs> it was like a punch in the so, face. <laughs> but on the second round, you like the, the um, tuna better. Yes. All right. So, and that is our tuna taste test. And to wrap it up, tuna is a plant-based tuna product. It's a fish alternative. It's new on the market this year, and it's supposed to be an alternative to tuna fish for sandwiches and things like that. I would be all in on it if it tasted like tuna at all, but for me, it did not taste like actual human food. Uh, Zoe seemed to like it. All right. Well, thank you, Zoe and Sam. All right. All right. Play us out. Get some music for us out of here. Hit the music. (laughs) 
All right, Fish Nerds out. Say bye, Sammy. Bye, Sammy. Everybody say bye, Zoe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome, fellow fish nerds, to the latest edition of Fish Guy Follows, with me, your host, Fish Guy Josh, where we take a look at some of the fishiest things in social media, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, we cover it. So hang on tight while the rest of this song rocks your face off, and then sit back and relax. It's time for Fish Guy Follows. Greetings fellow fish nerds, Fish Guy Josh here, back with another edition of Fish Guy Follows. Today we're hopping on my favorite platform, Instagram, and we're checking out one of my favorite accounts to follow, and that's A-C-K Sharks. That's just the letters A-C-K and the word sharks. Now, the mastermind behind A-C-K Sharks is Elliot Sudal. Now, this guy is got one heck of a job, basically... He does charter shore fishing for giant sharks. And what he's done is he's turned this money-making venture into a research project as well, as he's now part of the NOAA Apex Predators Tagging Program, which is the largest shark tagging program in the world, and has been going on for about 55 years. So it's, it's a, for a really good cause, and it's a lot of really good action. Some of the posts this guy puts on here are just really epic photos of sharks, huge sharks coming in, mostly from the beach, sometimes from the boat. And uh, even more interesting to me is some of the great shots of him actually digging into the sand and reeling in some of these monsters and the equipment that he's using. We're talking like huge 15-foot rods, gigantic reels, and huge chunks of fish, like half a bluefish. Just really massive gear, massive equipment, massive bait. It's all really interesting to see. And he's a really good follow. He's uh, also known throughout the internet. There's, there's a lot of interviews and um, articles about him out there. Uh, he's, he's known just as much for being incredibly fit and ripped as he is a shark angler. So if that's your thing, then uh, you know he's pretty easy on the eyes. And if fishing is more your thing, trust me, you won't be disappointed. You're going to see a lot of great action on here. A lot of cool sharks. Just an all-around great follow. Can't stress enough what a really cool follow this is on Instagram. So if you're not already on there, get on there and follow ACK Sharks. That's the letters ACK and the word sharks. You're going to get a lot of great pictures from Nantucket, Captiva, Florida, and the Bahamas of this guy, Elliot, just tearing it up on giant sharks, rays, tuna, all kind of epic fishing. Really good follow. You won't be disappointed. And don't forget, you can always follow me, Fish Guy Josh, on all my platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, I'll see you on the next go-round. And it's time for Fish in the News. So let's jump right in. Our first article is from Business Insider. And the headline is, Why You Should Never Release Your Pet Goldfish 
into the wild. This should You should know this already without us telling you this, but I'll read you the article and we'll talk about it. Goldfish may look small and cute in your home, but the, but the wild in the wild is a different story. Releasing them into your local stream or lake is a bad idea. Right now, Washington State fight is fighting off an invasion of goldfish. It's true. They're taking over the whole state. Thousands of goldfish have infested West Medical Lake. Medical Lake. Is that Medical Lake? Is that a place you want to fish? <laughs> And they're crowding out native fish populations. How'd this happen? The Department of Fish and Wildlife thinks that a few irresponsible pet owners are to blame. And while the goldfish may have cost the owners a few dollars, this mess is going to cost the state an estimated $150,000 to try and remove these feral fish. That's a fun, fun sentence. Uh, but this isn't the only place it's happening. Goldfish are invading lakes and streams worldwide, and it's our fault. So uh, don't do it. If you have a goldfish and you let it go, uh, it can wreck the environment. Gold first, uh, goldfish were first selectively bred in China 2,000 years ago for food, if you can imagine. By the 14th century, goldfish had been promoted from our meals to entertainment, and it wasn't long before pet owners helped them spread across the world, eventually reaching North America by the 19th century. But anyway, don't let them go. They destroy everything. Uh, and the reason I'm reading this is because I was trying to think back to as a kid, and I used to use goldfish for fishing bait. We had these ponds in New Jersey out behind my house. We called them Crazy Crown. It was just big man-made ponds. And we didn't have any local bait shops, but we had a local pet store, and feeder goldfish were 10 cents a piece. And so we used to go up there you know, and with a buck, and we'd buy 10 feeder goldfish, and then head over to that pond, and we'd chuck them in on a hook, and we'd catch bass and sunfish and all the things. And then at the end of the day, we would just dump them all in those ponds, which... You know, I was, I was a kid, so I didn't know any better, but now I do know better, and it's a very terrible idea. Those who followed the Fish Nerds Quest a bunch of years back when we were on the quest to catch and eat every kind of freshwater fish in New Hampshire will recall that goldfish were on that list, and I caught one in Brentwood, New Hampshire. I used a number 32 hook, tiny hook, with a fleck of worm on it, and I kept catching pesky other species before I finally got a goldfish and when we cooked it we did is a uh, we we found the recipe for goldfish crackers so i roasted the goldfish in the oven and i ground it up into the cracker dough and we made goldfish crackers so it was crackers squared cracker cracker and uh, what we did or goldfish go, squared goldfish goldfish and what we did was we cut them into goldfish shapes and then we did a presentation to the uh, library in Stratham, New Hampshire, and to the trustees, and we were talking about these goldfish and our quest to catch all the fish in New Hampshire, and we fed them these goldfish crackers. So they were part of the people who ate the goldfish. So I don't know if anyone else is eating goldfish besides people at a college, you know, a fraternity, but there it is. You have it. That is, don't eat, don't eat goldfish. Don't uh, let goldfish go in the wild. Bad mojo. I've also heard about people doing the same thing with. Um, with piranha and other kind of fish, letting them go is always bad mojo because those fish find their way around. That's our first story. And the second story is from the dailymail.co.uk. One leg up, rare nine-legged octopus is discovered by Japanese fishermen who noticed the extra appendage while boiling the creature for dinner. Oh, no. Uh, a fisherman discovered a rare phenomenon while making dinner. One of the octopuses boiling in a pot had nine legs. The octopus, which has an extra limb emerging midway from one of its eight other legs, was found in Shizuaga Bay in the town of Minamansriku. I hate this. Miyagi, Miyagi preference prefecture. I, I, why am I reading this? I can't. I can't read these words. <laughs> Scientists suggest 
The extra appendage may have grown when the creature was regenerating a lost leg, so it just got doubled down. Although the octopus did not make it out alive, it is set to be showcased at the uh, Shizuwaga Nature Center for public viewing. The reddish color octopus measures a little over 15 centimeters long and was one of among four caught by a trap who, by Kazuyu Sato, who cultivates uh, them in a seaweed in the town. Sato took the catch home to his mother, who noticed something strange when placing them in the pot. One of them had an extra leg. The nine-legged octopus had the extra limb in the middle of his third leg on its left side. So there you go. A nine-legged octopus. Or maybe... They're just changing. Maybe they're evolving. Soon they'll have 10, and then they'll take over the world. Octopuses. And finally, we have kind of a local New England story here from uh, WGME Portland, Maine. More endangered salmon appear to have returned to key Maine rivers this year. Atlantic salmon only returned to a handful of rivers in the U.S., and they're all in Maine. The Bangor Daily News reported an unofficial count of salmon at the Milford Dam on the Penobscot River found 1,600 of the fish. Maine fishery officials still need to analyze data, but the numbers are encouraging. Last year's count was 1,100, and the 2020 count will be the largest since 2011, when there was only 125. So it's really important to know those numbers are coming up. And what they're finding is, and this is not in the article, but it's because I know about this, is they've taken some of these dams out, and as soon as they did, the fish came back. And that's that's the whole message. For years, they've been messing around with fish ladders and fish elevators and fish bypasses. And for Atlantic salmon, it hasn't worked out for them because they would get past those bypasses and then they would hit other dams or other impassable rivers. And once they opened the rivers up, the salmon came back and boom, there they are. In New Hampshire, we've canceled the salmon restoration program. So there are no salmon uh, being effort. There's no effort to return salmon to New Hampshire waters at this point, even though they used to be here in uh, in pretty good numbers, I guess. So that is it. That is Fish in the News. News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news. And before I go, I want to announce our, we're going to get back to our monthly question of the month, uh, where every month we give out a question, and you guys, listeners, call in. And we use it on the show this year because we're ending out 2020. We're going to do our annual fishy New Year's resolution. What is your fishy New Year's resolution? Give us a call, 607-378-FISH, and just tell us your resolution. It should sound like this. Hello, my name is Joe, and my fishy... Tell us where you're from. Like, I'm Joe, I'm from New Jersey, and my fishy New Year's resolution is to catch a shark on a fly, or whatever it is. And you can figure out a show you want to plug or a podcast you make or a YouTube channel, you can certainly do that too. 607-378-FISH. And we need those by Christmas so I can mix them into our New Year's show. And I will enter all those all those calls into a hat and draw them out for a Fish Nerds prize package that'll include a new brand new Fish Nerds beanie. So that'll be fun. And that's it. You've listened to a bunch of Fish Nerds when you should have been Fishing. Special thanks to Tim Beat for his essay. Thank you to Zoe and Sammy, my kids, for helping with the 2 no experience. We really appreciate Fish Guy Josh, the Fish Guy Follows. Also, thank you to uh, our musicians, Wally Pleasant, for making our theme music, and Diana's Bath Salts for doing our segment on the news. And that's it. Until next time, follow the code of the Fish Nerd, spawn early and often. 
Never trust a free lunch with strings attached and swim against the current every chance you get. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Just for the halibut! Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan, eat it raw like you're in Siam, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds. It's a podcast.